Welcome to the Kesset Church Podcast. We are so glad you've joined us and hope you enjoyed today's sermon. If you'd like to find out more about Kesset, you can head to kessetchurch.com or find us on Facebook. Hey, good morning, Kesset Church. Welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. My name is Danny. I'm going to be sharing with you today. And may I just say happy, happy Easter. I am sharing with you from our building. Uh, it's, it's just me and a, and a small crew, but we are excited to be here this morning and to be talking with you. Uh, quick question. Am, am I the only one who dressed up on Easter in our whole church? Is, are there other people who, who dressed up or, or are most of you watching me right now in your pajamas? Is that, is that the best you could do for Jesus is just watch, show up in your pajamas? I know that my wife is watching right now in her pajamas because she told me. So I had to dress up to carry the load for everybody. And so uh, this is my Easter outfit and uh, I hope you like it because uh, you'll probably never see it again unless it's at your wedding or your funeral. All right, let's keep, <laughs> let's keep going. A uh, couple things real quick, uh, FYI, uh, we are going to still be doing a Pastor Tom update and we are going to have a building tour very soon, but uh, with how fast things have been changing and, and all that we needed to do, we just have not had the time to, to get that yet for you, but we will be doing that very, very soon. Uh, a lot of good things happening within our church. We are so, so grateful for, uh, for those of you who are continuing to be generous, continuing to help. We are uh, so excited about all the needs we've been able to meet uh, within our faith community. And uh, I'll be honest, I'm just really excited about where our church is right now, even though it's, it's kind of confusing and, and, and a little odd that on this day that we planned so long ago, uh, that, that we're not here. But I will say this. I will say this. Um, I did tell you as a church that we would be opening on Easter Sunday, we hope. So, you know, in my opinion, uh, that's what's called quality leadership right there. Because I didn't say that we were for sure going to open on Easter Sunday. I said we might be opening on Easter Sunday. And I hoped, and it didn't happen, but it's still going to happen soon. So I'm excited to share with you, uh, to laugh with you, to rejoice with you, and uh, to spend this Easter Sunday with you. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for the way that, uh, that we can come and celebrate you. Thank you that, that you have made your story so well known, that you, are, that you are so relentless with your love for us. Thank you, Lord, that on this Resurrection Sunday we can recognize uh, that, that you rose from the dead, that you defeated it, and that, and that, Lord, we can gather to praise you, to thank you, and to celebrate you. We lift this time to you now. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, we are continuing in our We the Church series. Uh, and so I want to start this message with uh, the same thing that I'm going to use to end this teaching. And that is this. This is the quote that I'm going to end the message with and that I'm also going to start the message with. That is this. Easter is the place where disappointment and appointment meet. Easter is the place where disappointment and appointment meet meet. Okay, so remember that because that's exactly how it's going to end and I think it'll still be impactful even though you know. Uh, our series verse has been the one out of Galatians talking about the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of following God, of, 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 of the presence of Him in your life and how you interact with this world, the fruit of the Spirit. The verse is Galatians 5, and 23 and it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, 
kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. This week's uh, fruit of the Spirit that we're talking about is patience. But I'm not going to use that particular word. I'm going to use a different version of that word because I think it, it better ties into to how I think uh, Easter uh, can be experienced for us, especially with all that we have going on right now. Uh, Galatians 5.22, same verse, but New King James Version says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, and long-suffering. As a matter of fact, the two verses are almost exactly the same. This, all of the fruit of the spirits are the same, except for the word uh, patience and long-suffering. Those two have been interchanged in many passages, as a matter of fact. Long-suffering has been completely removed. And I think that it's because people don't like the word. They don't like the feel of the word. They, they definitely don't like the word for Easter. But I'm here to tell you, I think it's applicable. Some say the word feels too close to words like weakness or victim or trampled. But I think maybe that's why it has been commonly uh, exchanged for long-suffering. But here's the thing about long-suffering. Long-suffering is not passive resignation. resignation. Long-suffering is not failing to act because of fear or pain. As a matter of fact, my favorite definition of long-suffering is that long-suffering means active waiting and enduring. It means actively waiting and enduring. It means staying with something. Even when the desires of our hearts are delayed and we find ourselves deeply disappointed. How perfect is that for what we're dealing with right now? This idea that we are, as Christians, filled with the Holy Spirit, supposed to be long-suffering. That we are supposed to be actively waiting. That we are supposed to be actively enduring in our faith for the story of Jesus and all that it means for us. Our God is the greatest example of a long sufferer. It's talked about all throughout the Bible. Psalm 86, 15 says, But you, O Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious long suffering and abundant in mercy and truth. Abundant in mercy and truth. In dealing with people, no one can match our God's long suffering. No one is more actively waiting and enduring for you and me. No one. The way that God loves you is, is, is through this concept of long-suffering. He is waiting even when you don't love him in return. He is actively enduring. In dealing with people, no one can match him. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Because of this, God lovingly urges his people to be patient and suffer long with each other. Because of how he loves us, he encourages us to be patient and love others. In its deepest biblical usage, long-suffering is forbearance with other people showing patience in spite of their differences, in spite of all the things that, that, that we can clearly see are wrong with them and are wrong with their lifestyle or are wrong with their beliefs or the way they vote or the, or, 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 or the way they act even. We as Christians are called to be like our Savior, long-suffering towards these people. Ephesians 4, 1 and 2 says, walk worthy. This is to us. Walk worthy with all lowliness and gentleness, with long-suffering, bearing with one another in love. God's word makes it clear this is how he desires and expects his people to conduct themselves. 
This is what God wants from us. In the midst of all this darkness, in the midst of all this struggle, the story of Easter is one of people who suffer long, people who wait upon the Lord and a God who shows up and meets them where they are waiting. This isn't an option if you're a Christian. This is, this is how you're supposed to be built. This is one of the fruits. The other ones are so much more attractive, right? Love, joy, and, and peace. And then all of a sudden you get to long suffering. It's like, ah, oh, let's call it patience. Well, how about we just stay with long suffering? Because it's the truth of a Christian's life. It's the truth of a Christian's path that we are going to come across people on the side of the road, people who are thirsty, people who are hungry, people who are in need. The Bible is full of those stories where we as Christians are supposed to be like God. We are supposed to rise to the occasion. We are supposed to overcome the situation. And we are supposed to love people in spite of their return. That's why this opportunity and this Easter, I believe, can be so very special for us. Because there are a lot of people in need of a whole bunch of love. This is, this is the Bible's packed with this kind of stuff. Uh, Colossians 3, 12 and 13, the verse says, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing with one another and forgiving one another. If anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you, so you must also do. It is the definition of a Christian to suffer long and to enter into relationships that appear dead, that appear unwanted, that appear without any sort of hope and to, in a sense, resurrect connection with people that have already written off this world, have already written off their lives, and to share with them the gospel of Jesus Christ who writes off no one, who loves relentlessly, and who is the most, as I said, long-suffering being to ever live. As appointed children of God, Christians are to be imitators of him. So my question, of course, is how are you doing these days with that? How are you doing with, with the struggle? How are you managing that? Do you accept it as part of your calling or are you just trying to overcome it? Are you just trying to, to, to put a mask on and pretend that things aren't difficult right now? That's not what Easter was about. Easter was about entering into the difficulty with us. That's what God does when he enters from that tomb. He overcomes the death. He overcomes the darkness. He overcomes the hopelessness. And he walks with us in relationship. With all of this in mind now, let's read the resurrection story together. We're going to read the one in Matthew chapter 28 if you want to turn there. As a recap, uh, Jesus has been illegally tried. He's been tortured, crucified. His, he gave up his life and then he was uh, put inside a borrowed tomb and a stone was rolled over it to protect anyone from coming to steal his body. His once loyal followers have been scattered and are now hiding. They are really nowhere to be found because they are also being pursued. They are afraid. They are, uh, they are separated. They are alone. They are a lot like a lot of us have been feeling recently. They can't connect with others. They can't go out in public. And their God has, has apparently abandoned them. But it says in Matthew chapter 28 that there was still a few people who were willing to to venture out and to enter into the place where Jesus was. So let's read that together. Verse 1 of chapter 28, it says this. Now after the Sabbath, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. 
And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, come see the place where he lay. As I read through this passage, it stands out to me that all of Jesus's many followers, of all of them that, that, that he gathered, only these two women came to attend his body. Traditionally, it would have been a much, much larger group. But these two women decide that they are going to, to do the thing that, they, that everyone else is too afraid to do, and that's go where Jesus is. I don't believe they were in less danger. I don't believe that they were less afraid, that they were somehow okay with how things ended up and so less disappointed than the rest. I don't believe that. I think they were all those things, just like everybody else, but that something inside them said they're still going to go where Jesus is. I believe instead that they were emulating what Jesus had shown them. I believe that they were putting on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, and long-suffering. They were actively waiting and enduring. They were willing to, to take whatever pain was, was coming them in order to follow Jesus Christ. He had changed their lives. And even though they didn't understand, and even though they couldn't put words to it, they believed that he was working in their world for their good. The very next verse, after they go and see that Jesus isn't there, the very next verse, verse 7, they get an appointment. The angel says, then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee. There you will see him. See, I have told you. Verse 8, so they departed quickly from the tomb with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. And behold, Jesus met them and said, greetings. I always thought that was a profound way to to like, hello, surprise, greetings, here I am. And they came up and took hold of his feet and worshiped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go tell my brothers to go to Galilee and there they will see me. They receive an appointment from Christ to go and share the message, to go and bring hope. It is an incredible thing. And it is not an accident for it is the story of Easter. It is one of people who were in long suffering, these two women specifically, who went where Jesus was, who fell upon the darkness, who fell upon the struggle, who said, I'm gonna continue to show up. They went to that place and they met Christ and he appointed them. You see, this is the story of Easter. And once again, as I said, Easter is the place where disappointment and appointment meet. They showed up to the tomb disappointed and sad, but they still showed up and they received appointment to go and share the gospel, appointment to go and do the work to be the hands and feet of Christ. In the midst of our own suffering, an appointment from the Lord awaits. This is the good news of Christ and it is that he is risen. And so my hope for you today, where you are right now, my hope for you today is that you will proclaim wherever Jesus goes, so will I. 
My hope for you today is that this Easter will be one that you can gather with your families, with your children, with people that maybe don't even normally go to church. My hope is today that, that you, if you're watching, that you could participate in something more than your own life by recognizing that Jesus Christ wants to be your Lord and your Savior. This, to me, is the, the greatest meaning behind Easter because it meets with people who are long suffering and it meets every need they have in spite of the struggles that are happening around them. This is why this is such a special time for us to gather, to talk and to share. This is why it's so important that if you have never accepted Christ in your life, you do so now. That you proclaim him, that you share him, that you, that you recognize that your life is more than, than just moving from one experience to the next. It is part of something bigger than yourself. And Jesus wants to meet you in that place. And so if you've never accepted Christ, I wanna pray with you right now. I wanna give you that opportunity to, to express your long suffering. Let's all close our eyes and let's just pray now. Heavenly Father, there are so many people in this place right now that are that are experiencing long-suffering, God, that are experiencing something that uh, is calling to them to, uh, to, to change the things that are happening in their life. I ask, Lord, that you would meet with every person that is, that is watching right where they are, no matter the struggle. I ask that you would, that you would meet them within their disappointment, that you would meet them within their, their heartache, within their angst. I ask, Lord, that you would just uh, pour your spirit over and upon them and that they would experience you right now. If you are watching this and you've never accepted Christ, I just want you to pray this very simple prayer. Just say, God, I am here and I am suffering and I believe that, Lord, you rose from the dead. I believe that you came to build a relationship with me. I just, I just know it. And I pray, God, that within my disappointment, you would appoint me to a, a purpose more than myself. That I, God, would be able to go where you are no matter the difficulties. Thank you, Lord. We lift this time to you now in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, uh, I would love to receive a comment from you below or you can uh, follow a link Pastor Chris will give you. We would love to connect with you. I'd love to also just give you a time to just, uh, to just really let all of this sink in as we close in worship. God bless you guys and I'll see you soon.